This morning I've asked the worship team to help me in the reading of Psalm 150. I want you to join with us as we read Psalm 150, okay? But these are the guys who are mentioned in Psalm 150 who are playing the instruments and the strings and the cymbals and all of that. So I wanted them up here on the platform as we read together now Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. We love you. We're grateful for you. And we're grateful for God's wonderful word that brings to a climactic hallelujah the songbook of the Bible in Psalm 150, perhaps even written for the purpose of giving this last hallelujah unto the Lord Almighty. The psalm begins with Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That's Psalm 1. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water which brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's the beginning of the Psalter. Psalm 1, six verses, just like the last Psalm, Psalm 150, has six verses. And the Psalter's introduced by the blessed man who meditates in the word day and night and is planted like a tree by the river of water. And it concludes with, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So here we go to this praise psalm in our series on Raise the Praise. Now, I have six words for you this morning, okay? Six simple words about praising the Lord. Hello, Dr. Butler, back from Israel. Thank you for the pictures. Anybody else in the room went with Dr. Butler to Israel? In the room? There he is, all right. Gary's back, too, yeah. Your, your, your wife missed you, Gary. I wanted you to hear. She told me that. So I want you to know. I know it was great in Israel. And uh, these six words are just words that you can implement in your life to help you give praise to God, okay? Because I believe that this Raise the Praise series is very powerful. Next week, by the way, dads, we're going to look up a dad giving praise to God, all right? You're going to be surprised at the context. It's in the Scripture because next week... I'm starting the events in the Bible that elicit praise from the people of God. And so we're going to have a series of events in the Bible 
where praise is given unto God. And we're going to start with a dad giving praise to God next week. We're going to follow up the series on these events with five messages from the book of Revelation, which is a mighty worship book. And we have five uh, messages there that are from the book of Revelation. All right. These six words now, I see in these six verses, you'll see other words as well that describe praise to God. But these are six I think work, right? And the first one is this, personalize. Personalize your praise. It's okay for you to sing songs that other people have written. It's okay for you to follow in the tracks of other people with your praise. But really, your praise needs to be personal. It needs to come from your heart. It needs to be your own words, your vocabulary, your syntax, the way you do it, the way you say it, the way you experience it. Praise needs to be personal. That's why there is a single phrase that introduces this psalm and a single phrase that ends this psalm, and it's translated in the NIV, praise the Lord. In the little hallelujah chorus we used to sing, hallelujah, 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 it said what? Praise ye the Lord, and it had ye in there, okay? Now, the ye is the old-time word for you. It's the second person, personal pronoun, and it is in praise the Lord. It's understood in the English. It's also understood in the Hebrew, but it definitely is second person, you praise the Lord. That's how the psalm begins and ends. It's interesting, Psalm 8 ended the same way. It had to repeat, first phrase, last phrase. Psalm 150, first phrase, last phrase, you praise the Lord. Now, it is in the imperative mood. It's not indicative. It's not like it's describing anything. The, the psalm wants you to do something. In fact, it's calling you to do something. You praise the Lord. So it's a command from Scripture. So we must all personalize the command. We've got to all praise the Lord. That's what the text says. In order for us to obey God and follow his command, we need to be praising him. He's doing this for our good. He's delivering this command to us because it is very, very good for us to do this. Good in all kinds of ways. Powerful in our life if we will praise the Lord. So you've got to personalize it. You've got to make it your own. It'll change your life if you do it. If you've not been a person of praise up to now, we are talking about something that will change your life, literally change your life. If you can integrate praise into your life, it'll make this world a different place. It will make you a different person. If you are suffering from mully grubbing, y'all know what that is? All right. If you're grumbling all the time, if complaint has become your word, if that's just, if that wine's just coming out of you, look, that's not a very pleasant place to be, is it? It's not pleasant for the people that love you either, all right? So to praise the Lord is going to change your disposition, your vocabulary, your attitude, and ultimately even your relationships. It's very powerful. Now, you may think the truth about life is that life is ugly and mean and complaint is how you ought to live it. I beg to differ with you. What we've just read is the truth. The truth is God deserves 
praise from everything that has breath. This is the truth. And if the truth is we ought to be praising God, then the fundamental truth of the world is God is good. And his good gifts surround you. And if you will think about it and focus on it, you can personalize your praise. I hope that you will do so. I hope you'll allow this psalm to start working its way into the discipline of your life. So you start praising the Lord. Now, I want you to socialize it also. Socialize your praise. This is very important to me personally, okay? It says here, praise the Lord, praise Him, praise God in His sanctuary. And the psalm contemplates that the people of God are going to gather in the house of worship for the event of worship, of corporate worship. That's why all of the orchestral instruments are mentioned. There's a choir implied in the psalm. And they're having worship together. I often pray for you before church on Sunday. I pray, Lord, let your people come with a heart ready to worship. Praise God in his sanctuary means that every individual among the people of God have a responsibility when we meet together to add their voice to the song we raise unto God. Everybody's got that job to do. Now, it is a most encouraging thing to come into the house of worship and hear the people singing. It stirs me. It moves my heart. I know it is, it's an inspiring thing for you to come into the house of worship and hear the people sing. Well, I pray that you will add your voice to the song. Because the command is, you praise him in the sanctuary when we get together. Not just in the shower, although that's terrific for you to sing in the shower. It's terrific for you to praise God when you're mowing the yard. That's great. That's wonderful. It's great for you to praise God in all these places, but it's very important that you praise him in the sanctuary. Somebody needs you to sing. Somebody near you. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't. They need to hear your voice being raised in prayer and praise to God. It means a lot to them. It affects their spirit. It changes their day. For them to hear you give God praise, just like the opposite is true, it affects you to hear them sing. It's important that we sing together. There's a dynamic to the voice being raised by the choir, the instrumentalists, and we who are God's main choir, the congregation. When we raise our voices together unto the Lord, it's a beautiful sound to Him. Our God is so great. He is able to look over hundreds of people who are singing and know which ones mean it and which ones are tuned out and thinking about something else. He knows the heart of every worshiper in the room. So when I ask you to socialize your praise, that is, make it part of the worship of all God's people, I'm suggesting something you God already knows. How much you participate, how much your heart is in it, how much it isn't. I know that some of us come to church because we want information. We're here to find something to help us through the day. I know that's true. And so we come for the teaching. Some of us come for that. Some of us come for the singing. 
Some of us come because the family's there and we want to fellowship with the people and see our friends. I understand that. But mainly why we come here is to give God the honor and glory due His name. That's mainly why we come. We set aside this day and we call it the day of worship. There are seven days in a week and this is a day of worship when God's people corporately come together to give Him praise. That's the main reason we're here. We're not really a self-help institution. That's not really what we are. We're not just trying to teach you how to do a better job of living. We are seeking in this room on this day to give our mighty God, the honor due his name. And all of us must participate in that. That's on everybody who comes in the room. And it helps us all to hear. It's such an encouraging thing to hear the people of God coming together and raising their praise unto God. Praise is so interesting. You know, when your spouse hears you singing this words, these words. It affects him or her. When your children see you and hear you singing, it makes a difference in their life. Singing is a very important activity. There's something very special about it. Our corporate praise unto God is not only beautiful unto him, it is beautiful to one another. And it's important for us to hear it. So socialize your praise. Second thing I would say, third thing, third word, magnify your praise. Praise him in his mighty heavens. That is in the expanse of his power. Magnify your praise. Now, all of us have praised the Lord a little bit and we've been going along praising God. I've been praising God for a long time. I want to do it better, okay? So here's a way for you to improve your praise. I'm going to give you a few ideas about the mighty heavens, the expanse in which you can give God praise, okay? Magnify your praise geographically. Think about it geographically for a minute. It is great for you to praise God for the bird that flitted into the neighbor's yard and Graham was so delighted by it. He was just watching that bird and he screamed out and he pointed at the bird and it just hopped in a bush. It was a simple little thing, and, but it was a moment to just go, give God praise. Geographically, you need to include your front yard in your praise, okay? You need to include your backyard in your praise. You need to include all the streets in the city in your praise. In fact, every little space in your life, wherever it is, every little room in your life, you need to put praise there. So that there's no place you go and no place you are that you're not praising the Lord. Magnify your praise geographically. You may be able to think right now of a place. Maybe you get in the car and you tend to be like me, a warrior in the car. And no, people are not going to beat you. No, people are not going to cut in front of you. I mean, I got to fight this all the time. I'm just confessing, okay? Everybody knows my faults. 
And this is a problem with me. I got to put praise in the car. I got a couple ways I do that. I got some CDs that I put in that, that have teaching and scripture. And, and I'm trying to bring praise into my car. I want praise to be in every single place. Now, there may be a geographical place in your life that you see as dark. It is gloomy. And there is despair there. You got to bring the praise there. You got to bring the praise there. Geographically, the place your life most needs praise is the place where on the surface it seems to fit the least. That's where your life needs it the most. It's Paul and Silas in the jail, in the deepest dungeon, feet in stocks, beaten, weak with loss of blood, not knowing what tomorrow will hold. And somehow they find a song. The person in this room who is in the most difficult time of your life has the opportunity to present unto God in this moment of your life the most beautiful sacrifice of praise that can come from this congregation. It's great to praise God when everything's wonderful. But when it is pain and trouble and heartache and sorrow and God hears you sing, there's something about the song that comes in the sorrow of night that is beautiful to him. So that darkest place, geographically, take your praise there. Go ahead and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence right here in this place, in this difficult place in my life. I praise you because you are good. I know you're a good God. Even though my circumstances are hard, I know you're a good God. And giving God praise in the difficulty of your life is your confession of his goodness, that his loving kindness is better in life, that you understand his character and know who he really is, even though your circumstances have turned bad on you. Expand your praise chronologically, okay? Not just geographically, but expand it chronologically. Capture every day of the week with praise. Every hour of your conscious day with praise. And every minute in the hour with praise. I'm actually hoping that you can develop a lifestyle of praise that expands and magnifies praise geographically and chronologically until it touches your whole life. Every part of you, everywhere you are, all the times of your life. And until your lifestyle is a style of praise. That you are the person who gives thanks. That this is who you are. And your thankfulness and gratitude and praise to God are just as close as the breath on your lips. This is a great way to live. It's a wonderful way to live. It's the way the scripture wants you to live. That's why the scripture says rejoice always in everything. Give thanks. This is the will of God for you. Continually give praise unto him.
I will magnify the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's why the scripture says this. Because God wants to cultivate a wonderful, inspiring, delightful journey for you on planet earth. As a disciple and follower of Jesus. To be the one with the sparkle in the eye. And laughter in the heart. And joy on your lips. Because you are a person who praises God. As a lifestyle. As a way of living. Every moment of every day, it's that close to you. You're giving God the honor due his name. Magnify your praise geographically. Magnify it chronologically. Magnify it geometrically. It is terrific for you to thank God for the 0.2 second smile that you caught as you walk through the break room and somebody flashed a smile your way and it brightened your day and for you to thank God for that itty bitty little moment is good those moments are wonderful by the way aren't they we need to give them out more freely just more freely letting people know God is good life is good and I'm enjoying my journey all right and it is good for you to give praise to God for these little bitty moments that happen all the time. I try to do that. I really try to practice that discipline of giving God praise for all the little things. But you're also supposed to praise him in the expanse of his heavens. So praise him in that place your mind goes that is beyond anything you know. That's on the borders and edge of your sight, your hearing, your consciousness, and your comprehension. Praise him in the mighty heavens. For he is the magnificent God. And he deserves praise from all of his creation. Expand your praise. Delight in him. From the little bitty to the magnificent greatness of his being. Diversify your praise. That's another word I want you to get to, to hear. Because there's this verse that says, praise him for his acts of power and praise him for his surpassing greatness. Those are two different things. And it might help you when you think about praise to think of it in these two ways. Praise is in part giving him glory for the mighty things he has done. And that includes the historical things, his, his mighty works of salvation when he sent his son to deliver us from our sin and die on the cross for us. And when he rose again the third day, when he sent the Holy Spirit, all those wonderful things God has done for us to deliver us from the dominion of darkness and transfer us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He's a mighty, awesome God in all these works that he has performed on our behalf. And we need to give him praise for these acts of power. In the Old Covenant, when they wrote this psalm, they were thinking about the crossing of the Red Sea and the conquest of the Promised Land and Moses and Joshua and all the good things God did to deliver his people from the mud pits in Egypt and give them a land of their own. And they praised God for those mighty acts of power that God did on their behalf. But those mighty acts of power are not just confined to the historical scope of God's work in salvation and deliverance. They are also about what God's doing in your life. The way that God's activity is seen in you, in your family, 
it always comes back to this, you know? What is God doing in you? Have you seen his mighty acts around you lately? If you were to say, hey, I have seen God at work, what would come next? Is he at work in your life? Is he at work in your employment? Is he at work with your family and your friends? Have you seen God at work? Jesus told Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again. <laughs> to see what I'm talking about now, the activity of God, you've got to be born again. And when you're born again, God opens your eyes to see what he's doing in the world. Even if you were a companion of Jesus of Nazareth, and you watched him feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes and heal ten lepers... You still wouldn't see the activity of God. Really see God's activity in those events until you were born again. In fact, there were people who were companions of Jesus who never got it. They walked away from the feeding of 5,000 and they thought, man, that guy's trouble. They even walked away from the tomb of Lazarus. Listen, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead after four days. And his enemies saw that man come out of the grave and they said to themselves, this just confirms it. We got to kill Jesus. We got to kill him. He's got to die. That's what his enemy said after the resurrection of Lazarus. You know what Martha said to her sister Mary when Jesus came to see them and Lazarus was dead? The teacher is here. And he's asking for you. See, with praise on your lips, even when you've lost someone, you know the teacher is here. It's a teachable moment, this sorrow in your life, this trouble that's come upon you. If somehow you can hear the teacher whisper your name in your trouble, it will change the tenor, the atmosphere of your heart and of the room. Once you're born again, you can see the kingdom. When you're in trouble, you don't see just the trouble. You know the teacher is here. He's helping you through, and he's calling your name. Diversify your praise by praising him for his mighty acts and praising him for who he is in his surpassing greatness. See, the word surpassing greatness refers to the character of God. We need to remember God's character even when trouble comes so we can give him praise. See, the love of God for you is unquestionable. Why? Because he gave his one and only son. He spared not his only son, but he delivered him up for you. You cannot question the, God, the love of God after that. God showed his love for you in this, while you were still a sinner. What? Christ died for you. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the satisfaction for our sin. 
I know that in the midst of my trouble. And so I thank God for his surpassing greatness. Your loving kindness is better than life. I extol the virtues of our great God. Even when I am in trouble, I give him praise for the magnificence of his character. So in these two ways, because of the great acts of power and his surpassing greatness, I am able to continue to give God praise day after day, space after space, minute after minute, allowing him to touch every part of my life with the praise that is due his name. It's important when you give praise to vocalize your praise. I know that often in your heart you are giving God praise and you are saying it silently and you are thanking him for his goodness and his greatness in your heart. But the psalm is calling you to vocalize your praise. And what God wants you to do is turn these movements of your heart into sound waves. He wants you to disturb the atmosphere around you with the praise that's in your heart. He wants you to let it loose in your house, at your kitchen table, on the sofa where you're sitting with your family. God wants this praise turned loose in you and around you. He wants to hear it, just like you want your little boy to say thank you when somebody does something nice to him. Okay, say thank you, Mikey. Mikey, Mikey, say thank you now. Say thank you. Thank this person. Come on. You, get, you keep after that kid till he learns to say thank you. You want him to express his gratitude. And God's the same way. God wants to hear. God wants to hear the praise. It's not so much that he needs to hear it. It's really not that. It's that you need to say it so you can hear it too. Vocalize your praise because God wants to hear it and you need to hear it and your family and friends, they need to hear it too. So the scripture says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Go ahead and sing. Now I love Dr. Chuck Kelly. He's been a friend of mine for many years, for decades. He sings at every service. He sings with gusto. I love the way Dr. Kelly sings. I wish he were here today to let me hear this, but Miss Joyce, you'll tell him, won't you? Okay. But Dr. Kelly will never win a Grammy for his singing. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I'm not a candidate for Grammys either. But we both try to sing. We want to make the sound. We want to turn loose the voice into the atmosphere around us. We want to disturb the air with these sound waves we create that come from the heart. See, if you got breath and you turn that breath into pressure and you vibrate your vocal cords and you open your mouth, when you make this sound of praise, it goes forward from you and it touches people around you. It is important that you vocalize your praise. It's important that Kirk turn his praise into striking those notes on the keyboard. It's important that Jeff turn his praise into those symbols and those resounding symbols that he plays. 
It's important that Stephanie and Adam today turn their praise into those strings on their instruments. The scripture is talking about how we can praise God with all these different instruments. And as we create the sound of praise, not only with our vocal cords, but also with our hands and even our feet with a drum set. There are lots of ways we give praise to God. When I think about this, I think, okay, this is a subset of all the instruments we could use. And the list is probably not exhaustive in Psalm 150. There are other instruments to be added as well. The wind and the strings and the percussion are are mentioned there. But there are other variations we could use as well. So it's not intended to be exclusive. And maybe even the concept of musical instruments itself is not exclusive to what people do in giving God praise. Maybe people praise God in lots of different ways with their hands and with their feet as they turn their mind and their body to give God praise. It might be good for you to think how you can give God praise with the work that you do every day. How you can make that praise unto God. Because the scripture says you ought to be doing your work not for the boss who's watching over your shoulder but for God who gave you the hands and feet to do the work, right? Do your work as unto God, not unto man. That's how we're supposed to do our work. Not neglecting what the boss says, but knowing that ultimately we give account for what we do on this planet to God himself who made us and saved us through giving his son. So there's our accountability. And it would be helpful, I think, for all of us to see how we vocalize the praise, how we turn it into action in our life every day and intentionally make sure that God gets the glory for all good things that come from us. I also think there's one more word in the psalm and it's the word intensify your praise. So this is number six here, intensify your praise. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I think it would be okay with God if when you get through singing, you're a little breathless. I think that'd be okay with God. Is that sometimes true with you, Tim? When you get done, you're kind of like, <laughs> in fact, sometimes you're actually spent, I would think. It's like, give me a chair, man. <laughs> I've been going at this. I think it'd be okay if when you, when you got done praising God, your heart rate was up. In fact, you might want to wear that thing that measures your heart rate next time you come to worship and put it on there and just see what your heart rate's doing, you know? Make praise something cardio comes out of your heart, but it also quickens your heart. It takes some breath to sing. You got to take that breath, fill up your lungs, force it through. Sometimes if the phrase is too long, you got to take a breath in the middle because you've used all your breath up. You know what that feels like? And so you put the last note on the end in a different breath. And you're glad to hold wires there and not everybody hears you breathing in the middle. Your lung capacity ought to be better. If you're a professional singer, you work on that lung capacity. My father loved to sing. I heard him sing all my life. I thought he had a great voice. He sang so easy. When he got sick, he couldn't sing anymore. He preached in a chair. But when I asked him if he was singing, he said, no, I just can't do it anymore. It takes too much effort. It takes too much breath. His heart was not strong enough for him to sing anymore. So what I would say to you is one of these days, you might lose your breath. 
you may not have enough breath to sing anymore the praises of God. So while you've got the strength, the heart, and the breath, would you intensify your praise unto God? And would you determine, even this summer as we raise the praise, that there's going to be a new level of praise in your life? You're going to mean it more deeply. You're going to say it more firmly. You're going to live it more completely. Morning, noon, and night in all the spaces of your life. You're going to be practicing the discipline of giving God the praise and honor due his name. Bow with me, please. Mighty God, we praise you. With all our hearts, we give thanks unto you. We thank you for how you've worked in our lives, rescuing us from our sins, sending your son, Jesus. Thank you that you came to us personally. You whispered our name. Thank you that one day we knew the teacher was here and asking for us. Thank you, God. And Lord, we pray that our praise will be acceptable in your sight as a congregation, that you will be pleased with our effort of praise in this room as we meet together. And God, that you will be pleased and magnified and glorified with our personal praise 24-7 in all the spaces of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.